EM board bombs. Now, here's doctors Iltafat Hussein and Blake Briggs. So the next question, what is it, Dr. Briggs? The next question here, we got a 48-year-old dude. He presents with a four-day history of right-hand pain in decreased range of motion. The patient recalls feeding his pet chickens one week prior with organic, non-GMO, biodegradable, solar energy-produced herbal supplements. And they are sourced from Portland. Portland. When he was pecked by a large female of the pack, the, the hen's name was Helga. His vital signs are within normal range with a temperature of 38 Celsius. On exam, he has central swelling present in the second digit of his right hand and is held in flexion. He has intact motor function, sensation, range of motion is unchanged, neurovascular intact. He has decreased strength and pain noted with his finger abduction and extension. He has significant tenderness on light palpation of the second digit. Which of the following is true? Wait, so to summarize, Helga... The female. <laughs> the important parts here. Packed him in his finger. Four days right? later. Yeah. Four, four days, days later. And then four days later, the symptoms that you described happened. Yeah. Long Let's question, Stan. There's a lot of stuff going on. So, so going through the going through the choices here. What are the following is true? Choice A. When digits one and five are affected, there is a higher risk of subsequent forearm involvement. Choice B. This patient exhibits all of Cannavel's signs. Choice C. IV antibiotics are the mainstay of treatment. Choice D, digits one and five are likely to show greater signs of swelling than digits two and four. A lot of numbers and digits here just makes it a little more difficult. So what, what are we thinking, Dr. Hussein? I'm thinking that it's choice B. This patient exhibits all of cannibal signs. I can never pronounce it right, too. I know, that's I'm what talking just to like, ortho I, and hand. <laughs> I'm always pronouncing this off. And sometimes I even ask them on the phone, can I just call it the four Ks, you know? Or, <laughs> the four Ks. Uh, yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's always an interesting one. But they're exhibiting the signs. But it's important to know the signs for board review, right? Absolutely. These Let's need to be through. known by an ER doc and for boards. So you want to go through them, the signs? Go ahead. Go through them, yeah. Cannavals signs? Cannavals. Or cannibal? Cannibal. cannibal sounds like cannibal, which doesn't... It's not really part. That's a whole no, different type no, of thing. That's suboptimal in this condition. So that's yeah, not yeah. good. All right. So cannibal signs. Number one is going to be fusiform swelling, which is a fancy word for saying really just central swelling. Kind of like diffuse is how I think about it. Absolutely. Too. It's just like all swollen, right? So Right. Number two of cannibal signs, pain with extension of the affected digit. Number three is going to be the digit is held in slight flexion. And number four is there is pain on flexor palpation. So out of all those signs, Dr. Hussein, what do you think, which one occurs first and which one is the last one to occur? You know, is it the uh, pain on passive extension? That's 100% right. I like it. That's that's why we're working together on this. That's why we're working. The last sign is going to be the tenderness along the tendon, which I think actually makes sense. Um, The first one you got to just got to memorize. But the last one, okay, I can get that because... At that point, the infection is so bad, it is spreading down, pro- you know, proximally up the tendon, um, up to the forearm. So at that point, you're like, okay, well, that's the most severe one. Right. Um, so let's, let's summarize here what's going on with this person with tenosynovitis. You want to give us a little background on this kind of condition, a little bit with, you know, these, all the digits and which one's affected? So, you know, there are two types. There is the inflammatory type, 
and then the, you know inflammatory non-infectious so that's you know repeat usage or you know related to someone who's got underlying autoimmune issues so you know people like factory workers or people who use their hands a lot uh, there's the mm-hmm. infectious type as well which um i don't know we're seeing uh, an increased frequency in this i wonder why why Dr. <laughs> yeah Davis? no no relation to the heroin epidemic and no relation to the heroin epidemic which is unfortunate and sad but yes uh, that's another thing and and sometimes you know they don't have like necessarily an open sore there it can be from prior you know, um, inoculations as well that maybe are healed. You know, I've seen this in folks that have stopped uh, using heroin as well. But um, again, something to be wary of because not only do we have a lot of active heroin users, we have a lot of folks who are clean now as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, so more on the uh, infection side as well. So um, it, why don't you talk a little bit more on that? Sure, absolutely. So besides heroin addicts, you know, bites like Helga the chicken, Mm-hmm. Um, she's probably going to be put in after this too. And then soft know, tissue, poor thing. Yeah, poor yeah. Thing. soft tissue trauma as well too. So things that you're right, there's usually no open wounds present here. Um, right. and then of course there's this, you know, very low frequency, but we just have to know about it on boards is the hematogenous sprays or Neisseria, um, gonorrhea. So more on this infectious process. So this is the part where it gets a little confusing, but I think it's worth mm-hmm. knowing uh, for these types of questions. In flexor tenosynovitis, the tendon sheaths, you remember this from anatomy first year of med school, right? It was not that long ago. Fifth digit, the pinky and the thumb, these are more likely to spread to the palm early because these sheaths communicate with the other common forearm sheaths. So that's actually kind of important. You know, in real life, is it important? No, because you're going to treat these people the same. But on a board test, this this is what happened. And we had, you know, this question that we wrote and we purposely incorporated this doggy little anatomical facts that are like straight up ortho or plastics alley. Yeah. Awesome. So the diagnosis of this, just to quickly summarize, this is going to be a clinical diagnosis. Thanks, that's thanks to Canovel's signs. Um, right. We have the clinical diagnosis. You can order a bunch of lab tests, which typically aren't really tested because that's not the point of learning this. There's a point of how important Canovel signs are, but CBC, CRP, ESR, and x-rays, whatever, they're not really going to help you. Um, this is a clinical diagnosis. Um, and then you're going to possibly, there's discussion of like aspiration of the synovium. I've never heard of that ever Don't happening. Don't do it. <laughs> so okay. I wouldn't mess with that. All you need to do is see this and you call plastics or ortho, basically hand right away. They're going to start antibiotics and that's the treatment. However, what is the real treatment for this? Go to the OR. The worst thing you can do as an emergency medicine provider is to just start this the patient moment. on Clinda, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do like a a round of IV or, or do the infamous you know, cellulitis surgery. Up. No, do the infamous <laughs> surgery, uh, give a dose of Vank, and then send the patient home on Clinda. You know, <laughs> you, we're, not, we're not doing that here. And yeah. so, yeah, so that's, again, to summarize this, the key learning points, what you need to know are the four Ks. Go through them real quick one more time. Four Ks. Here we go. Number one, fusiform swelling. Number two, pain with extension, which is the first presenting sign of cannibal right the third cannibal sign is held the finger held in slight flexion and the fourth cannibal sign is pain on the flexor palpation right right and that's the last one right the last one that comes up that one comes up you're in trouble when you need to talk exactly what what was mentioned by dr briggs here is when you're talking to your specialist on the phone as well you have to mention these uh signs and if Mm -hmm. you know and that's important again I, i cannot emphasize this enough even they do not necessarily have to have a leukocytosis or elevated CRP. No, um, you should really be relying on your physical exam here. Totally, and, and specialists they they recognize that this is a big deal, um, and they'll come down and they have this patient in the OR in an hour. At a, uh, you know, an right. emergent case, um, they recognize this is a big deal. So you need to make make sure you know your signs and call them so you can get the right info fast. 
Right. So the exactly. correct answer here, remember, is that this patient in this question stem exhibited all of cannibal signs. And then the other choices to remember, because it's hard to remember these as we go through all this info. Choice C stated that IV antibiotics are the mainstay of treatment. That's false. Surgical management is the mainstay. You should start IV antibiotics, but it's just like that neck fascia issue. You know, they need right. to go for a washout, actual physical debridement of this tissue. Um, right. Your IV antibiotics are really just kind of holding the holding the ground, really, for the time being. And then digits one and five are likely to show greater signs of swelling than digits two and four. No, because remember, digits two through four have their own independent sheath, so the swelling is contained. All right? Right. I like it. I think we're done with the four Ks. <laughs> For the four Ks, or canovels. Canovel signs. I'm going to bring it back. Pronounced.